This, this is the Our Auto Expert Podcast. Find us on air, online, on mobile, and on your smart speaker. Please subscribe at ourautoexpert.com. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Now, here's the host of Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Nick Miles. Locally created, nationally celebrated from northwest to the southeast. This is America's Car Radio Show. It has a throttle. We'll feature it on air, online, on mobile, or on smart speaker. This is our auto expert. I'm your host, Nick Miles, along with Truck Girl Jen, who is very mad at me today. Why? Because you're. I'm ignoring you. He is. He's been ignoring me all morning. Uh, it's because I'm busy. <laughs> Facebook things to answer i got puppies to look at online i got new cars to build um websites yeah i know just saying this well, thing's going on jen i can't okay. it can't always be about jen it's not about jen it's oh, always yeah. about me making you look better oh, oh. well <laughs> i think most most listeners would agree you probably need to do a better job of that <laughs> just saying you notice how i trashed you and me at the same time i know and okay, it i'm was pretty really, good at that it was good uh, what's on today's show? Well, thanks for joining us, by the way. On today's show, uh, we are going to talk Toyota. The new 2020 Highlander is here. It's uh, been kind of a cool ride for this vehicle. It has so many very cool in-market things. And I'm excited about it. I got to drive it in a place called Green, Texas. Yep, there's a town called Green. And it doesn't look like it was spelt Green, Texas, either. It's like G-E-U-E, you know, it's like, it doesn't look like green. <laughs> but it was in the pouring rain. I got to drive it. It was a lot of fun. Rolls-Royce takes luxury to a new level by uh, having something called the Rebel Rally. They entered a Rolls-Royce in an off-road rally. That's amazing. And uh, they won their category. I don't think that's any surprise. It happened a little while ago. We're going to get to talk to Elizabeth Williams about that. Uh, the green car luxury car of the year has been announced. We'll tell you what it is, and we'll have the company that won it on the show. And we'll be talking about some of the vehicles in your driveway in the past week or so. Uh, did you know when you got into the car with me this morning that we were in a diesel vehicle? Mm-mm. I See? know. I know, right? It was it's, really quiet. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't say anything because I, you know, but it, you would never, never know it was a diesel. No, I like it. it. I like the quiet diesels. I just hate the trucks that are so loud that. Right, know. wait, wait, back and up. Did you just say I hate the trucks? That stink and they're loud and yes, I. Have to, Sorry, did okay. you just say I, I hate know. the trucks? I know, and I'm truck girl Jen. Sorry, right. let's just let's back that up a little bit. <laughs> This whole show is very close to going down the drain right now. Oh, uh, <laughs> just I just, I'm not, I'm not a drain. big fan of diesel. How about that? Uh, so it was the Jeep Wrangler Rubicon diesel. I know. Um, I was shocked. And interestingly enough, it's the first, and we'll talk about this later on when Anton Woolman joins us. It's the first truck to actually meet the weight requirement so uh, it can become, I, I can't remember the name of the law. I think it's, law, it's uh, Section 197, I think it's called. It's the agricultural uh law where you can actually write off the vehicle uh, for agricultural taxes if it weighs over 6,000 pounds if you have your own business. It's the first Wrangler to be able to do that. So you could buy it for your business and write it off. Write it off, Jen. (laughs) You could buy the vehicle and not pay tax. So am I supposed to open up a Christmas tree farm or something? I mean, you don't need a tree. Agricultural. If you have your own business, we'll explain how the law works. (laughs) You can write a good portion, if not all, of the vehicle off. Mm. Just got to be clever at your taxes. Okay. Um, I really like it a lot because it has a lot of power. And Jeep fans of the Wrangler 
and any Jeep have been asking for more and more diesel. And they're getting hybrids and plug-in hybrids. We saw a plug-in hybrid Wrangler introduced at uh, CES this year. There was a, a Cherokee and a Rubicon 2. Uh, Cherokee, not a Rubicon, a Cherokee and a Renegade released, uh, revealed at the CES this year. Plug-in hybrid versions. Plug-in hybrid Jeeps doesn't make any sense for most people. <laughs> but that's for the city folk. Right. The folk that have electric chargers handy once in a while. Don't need it, but it's convenient. But for those people that like to get out in the wilderness and get muddy right up to their ears <laughs> and uh, do some off-roading, that is the perfect vehicle when you have a diesel because it has so much torque in the low end. Mm -hmm. And Jeep fans have been asking for diesels and more diesels for a long time. They finally got it delivered by the company. It's not inexpensive. You can get close to the $60,000 mark with these vehicles. But it's a great piece of machinery. And uh, I drove it off-road. I drove it on-road. And I had a really good time with it. I enjoyed it an awful lot. Um, are you So you don't like smoky diesels. Do you like electric? Are you on the other end of the scale? It seems strange for Truck Girl Jen. Um, I I don't know. You're making this it's hard a, work, Yeah, Jen. I know. A yes or a no would be really easy. Well, it depends upon the vehicle. All right. You no, know, it really does. So, anyways. Well, I'm just going to leave me? it at that. If you can tell, I'm not, I'm not feeling the best today. So, sorry. No. All right. Okay. Okay. Just checking. <laughs> just check. I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of diesels. Well... But I'm not a big truck guy. I mean, I've been on a whole bunch of big truck launches. I went and drove the Ford Super Duty recently. And I've been on a big, big, uh, a number of these. And I, like to, I don't tow. Right. Like if, if I call Aaron, if I need something towing, he comes over with his truck, his, with his Raptor, and he comes over with his trailer, and we stick in his trailer, and he helps me out. Yeah. Good guy, Aaron. But, so I'm not a tower. But traveling, now I'm going to have a house that's about 2,000 miles away from where we currently uh, live. And so we'll be driving down once a year to stay in that house in the winter. Mm -hmm. Snowbird. Um, so, so I'm going to be probably having a trailer, an RV with a trailer, because I've got to take a bunch of stuff down there. So um, I'm going to have to get used to trailing. But those people that trailer for fun toys or fifth wheels or for work. And a boat. Uh, Boats. Yeah. You want me to go there? God, no. When was the last time you took your boat out, I know, Jen? I know. When was the last time you towed your boat into the water, Jen? Come on. I have hear it. years, years. No, no. Yes. You know exactly how many years it is, Jen. Okay, it's been about nine years. Nine years. She's had a boat for nine years, and she just told me she tows. Clearly not for the last nine years, Jen. Well, I went to the quad phase, and I took my quads out all the time. Yeah, how long has your boat been in storage? Nine years, did you say? <laughs> Last time you towed it in your truck and you're a tower was nine years ago? Just saying. <laughs> break, maybe break a habit of a lifetime and get it out of storage this year. Well, yeah. You just sell it. It's probably cost you more in storage fees. Actually, my parents store it for oh, me. Right. I'm very lucky. Mommy and daddy store it, it for me. And them. then we go fishing. We take my dad's boat. Okay. So it's kind of... So you, you got use of a boat. Yeah. Why do you have a boat, Jen? <laughs> Anyways, so let's go back to the Just saying, uh, you, uh, you're the one that you opened know, up this Rubicon conversation. You could probably the, fit yeah, all wait, your you, dogs you, in there. You're Nick. the one that opened up this conversation. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, a lot of people in the Pacific Northwest and, you know, in Seattle area and Chicago. Chicago, I'm sure they have boats. But they don't leave them in storage <laughs> for nine years, Jen. Just telling you. This is you can't tell me you're a tower and you tow stuff when your boat has actually been in storage for nine years. Okay, but I tow other things. 
Kayaks. Lame. Kayaks. But let's talk about the Toyota Highlander. Coming up, we'll talk to Toyota about the brand new Highlander. You could tow with that if you ever bother getting your boat out of store. <laughs> More Auto Expert coming up. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Catch up the previous episodes of the show at our website, ourautoexpert.com. You can hear past shows, see our automated videos, and read insider car stories about your next ride. You'll find them all at ourautoexpert.com. Uh, we mentioned this a little bit earlier on, but uh, we're going to get more in-depth to it now. I've got an opportunity to uh, test drive the new Toyota Highlander. It comes in both a gasoline and a hybrid version. Uh, but we thought we'd get an expert on to talk about it because, you know, I'm I'm just full of hot air most of the time. Uh, uh, Josh Shah is joining us from Toyota. He is the guy that knows all about it. So first of all, uh, Josh, this has been a record-breaking SUV for Toyota. Uh, I don't think there's anything that really competes well with the Highlander. So in designing a new one, uh, I guess the mantra is don't mess up what you already got. For having me on, um, excited to be here. Um, yes, absolutely. One of our core goals was to not only give the consumers something they're used to, but to improve upon that and make it even better, and uh, give them something that they can even look forward to in the future. Uh, I know that I got, I, I extracted a little bit of information uh, from some of the product guys when I was on the launch in Green, Texas, and that was uh, that this vehicle actually has some portions of it that aren't uh, made out of steel. You actually managed to make some of them out of, uh, I think, composite, and some portions of it also out of aluminum as well to sort of lighten the load. Yes, these were our doors, actually. So we were able to use aluminum materials to actually lower the overall curb weight in the vehicle. Um, I like the idea that, uh, you know, inventing the or making these vehicles out of lighter materials also it helps your gas and fuel economy. Uh, and that's one of the things that the Highlander has a bit of a jaw dropper when it comes to fuel economy, especially in the hybrid version. Uh, a lot of these vehicles that we're used to driving um, from other manufacturers tend to have a huge amount of uh, fuel that they use. But you've, you've, kept, you've sort of kept that fairly reasonable. It's almost in sedan what we were used to having sedan cars as fuel economy. Tell me about the fuel economy and some of the engine options that are available on the new Highlander. Absolutely. So one of the things that was really important for us is to listen to our customers' needs and by doing a lot of market research, figure out what is important to them. And one of the items we found from doing a lot of our research is that fuel economy range are at the top of their list or among the top of their list. So what we did was we transitioned our, our hybrid from the current or the previous gen from three and a half liter V6 to a two-and-a-half-liter four-cylinder to provide even more fuel economy. So now we're actually capable of offering 36 miles per gallon and over a 600-mile range on our hybrid. And we still have the option of the V6. We have a three-and-a-half-liter V6 for all of our gas models. Now, my first thing that jumps to my mind, Yash, if I'm, if I'm looking at this vehicle, and by the way, Highland has always been one of my favorites, specifically because it has it's always had such a large amount of room in the second and third rows. I, I always used to make the joke that if you have a Highlander, you had to almost walk from the fir- from the second row to the front row because there was so much space. And I'm only five foot four, like I don't need a lot of space in the back of a vehicle. But there was always so much legroom in the back of these vehicles. But one of the things um, I really liked about the 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 Highlander is the fact that it it met everything that people wanted to do but dropping down almost a liter in an engine size does it still have the performance and the power that the last generation had 
Absolutely. So we've had plenty of people test drive this, and they said it still has plenty of the horsepower that they need, but also has that fuel economy that they want. So it's the best of both worlds. It has that capability of performance needs, but it gives you a lot of saves you a lot of time and money at the pump. And I like that idea because uh, one of the things I like to do occasionally, occasionally, I might have done this when I test drove this, is do some spirited driving. I know it's a large SUV, but uh, I still always feel like I'm in a Supra when I get into a Toyota product because, you know, I want to drive, <laughs> drive it like that. Uh, the amount of vehicles in this class, I think 24 different vehicles in this uh, in the midsize um, SUV class. That's a lot of vehicles. What have you done to make the Highlander grab people's attention and put it uh, put it on their test drive list at least? You're right, Nick. It's a very competitive segment, as you said. Twenty four midsize crossover SUVs, but we've we're really proud to say that this is the fourth year in a row we've been the number one retail sale selling SUV midsize SUV. So, what we've been able to do is focused on our customers, and so we've been able to provide a great combination of power with sophistication and premiumness. So if you look at the new Highlander, you'll notice a lot of the great exterior cues, such as the premium refined interior styling, the very sleek exterior design, but we've also added a lot of the tech features that people are asking for. So we have standard Apple CarPlay, standard Android Auto, um, Amazon Alexa capability, um, uh, Sirius XM. So great tech features and then along with that we're really proud as always with toyota to offer great safety features standard across all the grades so toyota safety sense 2.0 is standard across all the grades so a lot of that is just the importance on safety for our customers as well i want to talk about some of the features of uh, of your new 2.0 safety uh, system because i think they're actually really good and i wish they were often a lot more vehicles and toyota's putting them in as many vehicles as they as you make as possible but other manufacturers i'm sure will follow suit let's talk a little bit about that tech on the inside because i was surprised at the size of the screen and how simple the interior is laid out of that vehicle i mean i, I the screen feels like it takes up a huge portion of the cab and everything is displayed very clearly on the inside. Was that a starting point for you when you guys uh, put together the interior features of the vehicle? Absolutely. So one of the things we wanted to look at was how do we offer the most versatility within the interior, and that's what we were able to do. So we used to have a single road uh, dash tray for people to put their uh, phones, wallets, purses, whatever, but we've heard some complaints in the past about you know, those sliding over into the passenger side. So what our engineering team did was listen to that and say, how do we improve upon this? And so now we actually have a split-level dash tray where the driver has access to his, his or her own uh, little compartment and the passenger has his own separate uh, area to his compartment. So those are the little things that we picked up on that we think really helped improve the, the driver's comfort and usability within the vehicle. One of the things I think you got beat up about uh, for quite a while is the Android Auto. Uh, but now with uh, your latest electronic systems, you're starting to put that in all the vehicles, and it really opens it up to a lot more of the, the customers. The other thing I think I really like about the interior is you've put a lot of little spaces for stuff in there, wireless charging, there's nooks and crannies, there's you know the shelf, there's all those different things. Uh, the interior space was very well thought out, and there's room for everything, including uh, extra cups and uh, you know wires and cables. You have this interesting system that allows you to feed uh, your USB charging cable through areas so you can put your, your phone in certain places and have the cable out of the way. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the thing we've really picked up on is that people want to be able to stay connected throughout their car experience, right? So that's why we have five USB ports. We have 
standard Wi-Fi connectivity. We have uh, one twenty volt outlets available. So it's all about staying connected within your vehicle because I think that's so important going forward. And like you mentioned, Android Auto is becoming such a big part with so many more Android users coming on board now. So it's how do we make the connectivity and, and that feeling of you're staying connected at all times wherever you're going as feasible as possible for our drivers. I don't know if Toyota have ever been accused of being too adventurous in their life, but you've you've got pretty <laughs> uh, on the edge with so with the RAV4 colors on the interior and now the Highlander. Uh, there's a lot of breakout from sort of traditional Toyota color schemes and materials, and you're starting to get uh, some interesting colors and some interesting sort of uh, different designs uh, where, the, where I know that in the clinic, somebody even called this car sexy. That, that is true. We really heard that one, and it stood out for us because as a Toyota, you know, as being from Toyota, you don't really hear that as much as you'd like to, so it was really refreshing to hear the word sexy associated with our car. But like you said, the interior is a, is a place where we really wanted to focus on. I mean, most of the time you're inside the vehicle. That's where you spend all of your time on the road, right? So might as well make that as premium, refined, and comfortable as possible. And as you mentioned, we've introduced a couple of new colors. So the newest one being the glazed caramel um, leather interior, which is available on our uh, platinum grade. Well, I'm sure you got to test drive it while you're in San Antonio. And what, what were your thoughts on that? Is, no, I mean, I think you guys have done a tremendous job. And you know, I, I'm a big SUV guy. So this was actually uh, something I was looking at to buy. I've got five dogs, so I have to have plenty of room for them. And I think it was it was a, a great job. I know it comes to market very soon. Yosh, thank you for uh, joining us to talk about the 2020 Toyota Highlander. I'm telling you, if you're shopping for a full-size or a mid-size SUV, this definitely should be on your shopping list. More Auto Auto, Our Auto Expert coming up. You're listening to the Our Auto Expert Podcast. Our Auto Expert is on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can start a conversation with us, ask us a question, just send us a direct message at Our Auto Expert. We'll be happy to answer it for you. So I got uh, some opportunity to spend some time in Miami recently driving the brand new iconic Mini Electric. Uh, this is their second run at doing something electrified. They've had a plug-in hybrid version before. 110 miles on a single charge. It uh, takes about 36 minutes to get 80% of uh, that charge on a 50-kilowatt charger. 181 um, uh, horsepower, uh, 0 to 60 in just under 7 seconds. Uh, and you can use one of 19,000 public parking stations to drive the Mini Electric. I The first thing I was concentrating on was 110 miles on a single charge. That seems like boo-hoo, right? Uh, you've got cars that are doing 300 miles on a charge, like the new Ford Mark E, considerably bigger. But uh, I was like, uh, doesn't seem very exciting. Then I found out the price. <laughs> you can actually get this vehicle, depending on what state you are, for around $17,000. $17,000 for a fully electric uh, uh, car. That is That's pretty, pretty unbelievable. That's with the federal and uh, state tax credits. Uh, so it starts around $30,000. Uh, then depending on where you live, you can actually get the the discounts, 7500 from the federal and then city and state. So there are some places you can get considerable discounts on this vehicle. I think that is amazing. The other thing is, boy, get in and drive this thing. Now, Miami is famous for its traffic, bad traffic, horrific traffic. And we had to deal with some of that driving through Miami Beach. Um, but one of the things that was really great with this is I could drive like an idiot, weaving in and out of traffic. <laughs> 
Well, That's no, something no, to be proud idiot, of, Nick. Idiot, idiot, <laughs> idiot may not be the right word. I think I may have misspoken there. I could drive like a spirited person. There you go. Um, it's like it's still the. I mean, I have minis at home. The mini go kart feeling that driving of a go kart with four wheels in each corner is is just dynamic. It's you can weave and bob in and out of traffic. It's just a great drive. And now with electric, instantaneous um, torque. You know, you can go from zero to 30 miles an hour in just, you know, seconds. And it's great. The driving. Uh, so on the way out there, I was paired with Matt Moran. And you may know him from his YouTube videos. Uh, he Matt Moran Motoring. Uh, he was Subaru WRX guy. Um, he's a great, you know, spirited. He owns a, a Mustang Bullet. He's a great spirited driver. And so Matt loves to drive. And, and you he two was got sitting, paired he up. Was, this he, is great. He was sitting in traffic the whole time. And uh, he he was just like frustrated. And he's like, oh, come on. Oh, another light. Oh, <laughs> uh. When I drove back, I drove on the freeway. Oh, boy. So he drove to lunch. I drove back from lunch. I'm just telling you right now, people need to be sad that <laughs> I had so much fun. <laughs> Um, it was great. It was a whole bunch of fun. I want to get some guys on for Mini to talk about it. The, the Mini Electric does have the you, you, it does have these sort of yellow uh, badging on it and yellow stripes, but you can get it without that. You when you order it, you don't have to have the the signature electric look to it. And then Jen, your favorite part is the tail lights. Why is that, Jen? Because they have little Union Jacks on them. I have Union Jacks on my socks. You know that. Too. Yeah. And, and I also the like the rims. Yeah, the, have the, you seen the rims? They're sort of these four. It's like boxy. Yeah, four. F it's four spoke wheels, right? Yeah. I'd call it. And then you, in the colors, look at the colors, Nick. <laughs> That's what I like about Mini, though, is you can customize your vehicle to exactly what you want. The the signature look. If you look down at the signature look, is that gray with the bright yellow stripe across the the front and the bright yellow mirror caps. That was the one that all the minis on the event had. I like but the then iconic. There's the signature plus and the iconic. Iconic is my favorite. Is it? Mm-hmm. So so it starts at twenty nine thousand nine hundred for the signature. And if you go up to the iconic, it would be thirty six thousand nine hundred. That's because I'm expensive. Before, I love expensive. <laughs> so for instance, uh, just just if you were to buy uh, the twenty nine thousand nine hundred the the signature you could uh, get $7,500 federal tax credit off that. And then depends on where you live, but you can get between two and $5,000 off. So let's say you're paying 20000 for this vehicle. Mm -hmm. And that gives you an additional saving around $4,000 in fuel savings over six years. So um, I just think it's a really great idea. I will tell you one thing I would suggest you do. If you're really going to buy an electric car, lease it. Because the technology becomes outdated so fast with these vehicles that uh, leasing it makes much more sense because you just pay what the vehicle depreciates. Well, with. and then you have to worry about the battery situation as well. If you lease well, it, you don't really have so, to. Yeah, yes and no. Uh, the, everyone was like, oh, our batteries last seven years, ten years. You know what? They said Prius only lasts seven years. The majority of Priuses have not had to have their batteries. Changed. So anyways, you can reserve one today for 500 bucks. All right, there you go. Get online, do it right now. Coming up, we'll talk about Rolls-Royceing, off-roading, the Rebel Rally on Our Auto Expert. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert is on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and you can start a conversation with us and send us a direct message, a question. 
Thinking about changing your car? Read some of the most informative car reporting and see some of the videos that we made about the newest tech, the latest cars. You can even download the uh, car radio show that you're listening to right now from our podcast. So um, that's what's going on at Our Auto Expert. We'd love to hear from you. We like to, uh, a lot of times we base our questions off of what you're doing and what you're asking us. All right, Jen, have you ever thought of rallying? Yes. You want to rally? I think it would be so much fun. I've never gotten the opportunity, but I think it'd be fun to do. You are truck girl, Jen. I know. Um, Interestingly enough, there is something that goes on every year called the Rebel Rally. And this is where the lady, the fairest sexes of us all, uh, get together and do some sort of off-roading. This year, Rolls-Royce participated with a team, and their result was quite palatable. Uh, Joining us on the phone, Elizabeth Williams, to talk about the Rebel Rally. Uh, Elizabeth, um, this is the first time Rolls-Royce have done anything quite this crazy, isn't it? Well, it is the first time, and hello, Nick. Um, And we were able to do that because we just recently launched the all-new Rolls-Royce Conan, which is our first uh, SUV, if you will, and our first all-wheel drive vehicle. So your result was quite palatable, but before we get there, tell us about the team that were driving the new Conan. Sure. So our team was uh, piloted by Emmy Hall, and our navigator was Rebecca Donahue. Uh, who were two fabulous ladies who uh, obviously were very successful in their results. Yes, they won their category, uh, and they, yeah. they actually, listening to them talk about it, it was pretty touch-and-go for them. They they uh, they won it by a hair, but uh, right up until the end, they didn't think they were going to make it. Yeah, well, um, you know, we actually ran the car pretty close to stock. Um, we were not completely bone stock, but... Uh, it was very, um, you know, unique opportunity to kind of get to do that. Um, we added a little bit of uh, paneling for some protection on the vehicle. Um, but we actually ended up running it with um, our winter tire sets, um, which weren't completely ideal for off-road uh, driving, but did quite well in the end. <laughs> Let's talk about the rally and what, what the car has to go through, and then we can talk a little bit about the vehicle itself. I don't really marry in my head Rolls-Royce with doing any kind of rally work. Uh, so that's that was a stretch. But tell us about what the rally is like and, and what, the, what the vehicle had to go through. Well, so actually, um, Rolls-Royce and off-roading is actually not that far apart. We do have a really strong history of taking cars everywhere. It was really all about, um, you know, being able to go effortlessly into any terrain. And back in um, the early days during the uh, First and Second World Wars um, and out in, you know, India with the Maharajas, Rolls-Royce actually have been off-roading before. So this is not completely the first time, however, first time in our modern history. Um, the rally uh, was uh, it's actually the longest off-road rally in the United States. It just happens, so happens that it is all female uh, drivers and navigators for this. Um, so the car went through seven days, 2,300 kilometers, um, and over 200 checkpoints uh, that were hidden. It kind of started up in the um, Lake Tahoe area and ended down near the border with Mexico um, in Glamis. So you must have been fairly confident at Rolls-Royce that the new Cullinan could make it through this. We did. We were very confident. Um, we think our engineers did a fantastic job of really having this car ready to go everywhere that uh, somebody would want it to go to. 
I bet that uh, both of the the drivers had the most comfortable ride out of anybody in this. <laughs> I do believe that is the that is the case. It's still, of course, a Rolls Royce with all of the, uh, you know, of course, appropriate accessories. <laughs> do, 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 let's talk about those appropriate accessories. Were they able to use things like the cigar humidor or the fridge? <laughs> I, they were not, unfortunately. I think they were a little busy with the driving and the navigating. Uh, but I do know that uh, they did take advantage of uh, those lovely leather seats and the seat heaters and were quite comfortable in the end. <laughs> I would I would very much like to curl up on that floor of the two-inch lamb's wool carpet and just take a nap every so often because uh, when I was first told by Rolls-Royce uh, many years ago when I first started to become familiar with the brand that you're supposed to take your shoes uh, off and sometimes your socks off to uh, drive the vehicle or at least uh, sit in the back because the lambs will carpet. I thought that was the most weird thing I'd ever heard. Until you do it. Yeah. And then I have to tell you, <laughs> it's like some kind of food. The first time I was told, hey, would you like some uh, some raw fish rolled up in rice with some seaweed <laughs> wrapped around it? I'm going, oh, that sounds disgusting. Until you do it. And then you're like, wow, this is really cool. It was the same way with that. It was like, it sounds kind of weird, but there's a lot of things that uh, that make that wonderful so the car itself obviously fared fared really well in the in the yeah. race where it, what happens to that car now is it is it on display somewhere or did emmy get to take it home <laughs> we actually still have the vehicle um completely outfitted as is um it's been uh visiting a few uh special events but uh, it's still um kind of set up complete with the office that uh, Rebecca used for all of her navigation um, out in California right now. That's awesome. So this is the difficult question. How do you top that there, Elizabeth? What do you do next year? <laughs> well, you know, we're haven't quite decided yet, but we'll definitely watch this space and we'll definitely let everybody know what we're going to do. But uh, it really was quite an amazing experience and definitely, you know, once in a lifetime opportunity that we hope to repeat again. <laughs> do you, yeah. So do you think that there's other rallies in your future, the Alcan or something else that you might think about doing? You know, we're not really sure we're going to kind of start uh, producing our own factory uh rally team or anything <laughs> 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 off-road off-road Rolls-Royce bumpers with winches may not be in your future is that what you're telling me probably probably not it, it uh, I, think, I think it was I was gonna say I think for me if I'd won I if I'd won this year I might just walk away with that trophy and be really glad and then try something <laughs> else again too because that, that was a I mean, when everybody when, when the news broke about uh, the two ladies driving this in in the rebel rally i think a lot of people went it's just a publicity stunt and and they had to eat yeah. their had to eat their words when they actually won absolutely you know and it was a lot of people from you know around the country who were were not familiar with the rally um, were kind of skeptical and even i think some of the other teams were weren't quite sure what to make of having a uh, rolls royce pull up right next to Jeeps and Land Rovers and trucks and things like that. Right. Let's talk a little bit about the Cullinan because this is a vehicle that fitted a portion of lifestyle which was missing in the Rolls-Royce lineup. The premier luxury company in the world had everything you wanted for the businessman, for the sporty driver, for the 2 plus 2 drop top where people spent time going wine tasting or whatever they would do. You had everything, but you didn't really have anything for the adventure set, did you? We, we didn't. 
um, not until we introduced the Cullinan at the end of 2018. And that that sort of filled for those people that wanted to go to uh, Saint-Tropez and also go skiing, it sort of filled in the gaps. It, it, it really did. And I think, uh, you know, Rolls-Royce has always, you know, been very aware of, you know, what their customers are saying and what they're looking for. And I think this was a great example of, you know, we didn't want to, uh, we really wanted to make sure that it was a, an SUV, but, you know, but done properly and still done in the most elegant Rolls-Royce way. I know that at places like Pebble Beach, where you had the Cullinan on display for the second year in a row, there was a lot of people that wanted, uh, I know Christiana bought one, uh, a lot of people wanted to buy those vehicles uh, as they saw them. And it's, that's just an interesting thing to me. A lot of people bring cars to uh, Pebble Beach, Concord Elegance, or the Quail, and they bring them there to sort of show off their brand. But with Rolls-Royce, uh, people just come up and try and buy them right off of you there. I know that uh, as your party was going on uh, at the Concord Elegance, there was a lot of people saying, oh, I had I had purchased this vehicle. You know, I want to purchase one of these vehicles before the night is out, which to me is, is a pretty amazing uh, idea. But it's really snowballed out of that, just the introduction of the Cullen, and now you've just introduced the black badge version. Correct, yeah. And, you know, Pebble Beach is a, obviously a very special event, uh, not just for Rolls-Royce, but for a lot of manufacturers. Um, and our team works very hard to create very special cars that we show off at, at Pebble Beach, which I think is leads to people being interested uh, in purchasing them because this is the only place they're going to see them and if you wait too long it might be gone <laughs> right uh, and it's interesting to see that uh, the sort of behind the scenes and i don't think i'm breaking any sort of press embargoes here or anything or, or any any sort of uh unspeakable pressing but to watch the team run around as people are trying to buy cars as they see them you know it's 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 unexpected and and Rolls-Royce is it's funny to me the behind the scenes look at this because Rolls-Royce always want to make sure they take care of their customers and and as much as everybody that's involved and dealers will come up and say I would like to buy all three of those and you know I know that it's interesting to see Rolls-Royce go that's great, but we have to allow customers to buy them first. <laughs> and then we can do that way because everybody's always trying to buy them. And then you have this whole uh, big sort of bespoke uh, movement going on where a lot of these cars are you know, being personally tailored for individuals. Uh, we noticed that Michael Fuchs is always buying a car that he has delivered at, uh, at the Pebble, at Pebble Beach event. And also you have other people now who are sort of getting in on the act and designing their cars and taking delivery at the event. And the delivery is almost as much as the whole design process. It's a big ceremony and it's, it's very Absolutely. sort of stimulating. And, you know, uh, when you buy a Rolls Royce, I think it should be celebrated. And we really kind of embrace that and try to give the customer uh, that same experience and celebrate them when they're buying these special cars. It's a very, it's a very personal thing to be able to uh, bespoke your own vehicle. So uh, it's, it's a lot of fun to, when they when they finally get to see it in the metal as it was. <laughs> and you can actually do that when these people are doing some crazy things. I know that uh, Michael Fuchs is always always putting colors on that not uh, not everybody's palette. Fuchsia, uh, you know, bright yellows and those type of things on the interior. But mm -hmm. it's really about the personalization. It's whatever your spirit calls for, right? It it really is. You know, if there, if there's colors or the materials or even um, with the introduction of the Cullen, we have our recreation modules that our customers uh, can can bespoke and for their 
active lifestyles and think different things that they want to do with the car. <laughs> Excellent. So uh, you just, uh, in the last minute we have left, Elizabeth, you, you just announced uh, your sales numbers at the beginning of the year. Uh, how did you do last year? How has Cullinan done over the last year? Sure. Well, last year in 2019 was our first full sales uh, year of Cullinan. Um, so obviously that was very important and, you know, pushed us to another record year, which was obviously, you know, Cullinan had a big part in that, which we knew was going to happen, obviously, when you add in uh, another model to the line, especially one as popular as the Cullinan has been. So uh, record numbers again, and uh, the appetite doesn't seem to be going anywhere. Uh, Cullinan available at your local Rolls-Royce dealer now, I'm guessing? Absolutely, and you can order it, uh, your Cullinan, and you can also get it in the Black Badge version now. Uh, I like the idea of Black Badge. Black Badge talks to me talks to me a lot uh, a lot but you know i also have to have a job that talks to me where i can go buy all these cars as well so there you go <laughs> elizabeth williams it's always one of my favorite people to have on the show thank you elizabeth for joining us talking about the rebel rally congratulations to rolls royce and the team yeah it's a great win and uh, you can find out more by going to cnet which is where emmy hall is from and just put in the rebel rally r-e-b-e-l-l-e -E -L -L -E, and you can see everything that they did on that trip it's it's a, it's a great thing, and a congratulations to everybody. Coming up, we'll talk about awards for electric cars and green cars and something you've never heard of before. That's on our Auto Expert. You're listening to the Our Auto Expert podcast. Locally created, nationally celebrated from the northwest and the southeast. This is America's Car Radio Show. If it has a throttle, we'll feature it on air, online, on mobile, or on smart speaker. This is our auto expert. I'm your host, Nick Miles, along with truck girl, Jen. Uh, Jen, would you drive an electric truck? No. No? It has to be diesel, smoky, and horrible? <laughs> I'm, like, good with my gasoline. I'm all into the, the electrics. Well, I've never driven one, so I can't judge. You've never driven an electric car, period? No, yes, but not an electric truck. Right. Well, there isn't really an electric truck yet. Yeah, I know. And not definitely not for sale. And there, uh, there doesn't, there, there's nothing quite yet. But you know, there is a lot of electric uh, performance cars, electric yes. sports cars. Oh, I'm all sedans. about the performance cars. I like uh, watching the racing, e-racing. Uh, well, e-racing is, is a lot of fun, but then you can actually have them in your... I mean, I, I'm more and more fascinated. The more and more electric cars that I get to drive, the more and more fascinated I've become. Like that, the NSX is um, beautiful. Yeah, uh, yeah, but that's that's a hybrid. It's not really still. electric. It's kind of a cheat, just saying. Okay, whatever. It's uh, still got four electric motors on each wheel, right? One on each wheel? Uh, yeah, yes. whatever. But it's still got a gas motor. <laughs> <laughs> Got to be pure electric. Okay. Uh, the, uh, the the 2020 Luxury Green Car Awards uh, happened this week in D.C., or last week in D.C., and uh, uh, the guys were there. Dave Barthamus was there from, from Karma. Dave, did you walk away with a, uh, with a, a nice, shiny trophy? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like uh, our version of the Grammy. But, yeah, the uh, 2020 Karma Rivero GT was named uh, Green Car Journal's uh, Luxury Green Car of the Year primarily for its blending of the environmental performance with uh, high levels of luxury and a real exceptional driving experience. And, you know, the fact that we were graded above other finalists from Lincoln, Porsche, uh, Range Rover, and BMW, I think really shows you how far we've come in, in, in five years. 
you know, Karma is one of those companies, there's a lot of little small companies that uh, talk about producing cars and never actually got them. Karma, you, you had this these very beautiful cars that actually are in production, that are for sale, and are amazing mm-hmm. drives as well. And and they're sort of on that cutting edge. I mean, if you drove into a, into a, uh, to a valet in an L.A. restaurant in a Karma, you'd probably be one of the only people that did that. Uh, and it has that exclusivity as well as having that uh, performance and environmental uh, impact as well well you're right i mean every time i'm i'm driving a car people roll down the windows and ask me what it is uh where can i get it how much does it cost um and it it is a statement maker because these are just beautiful designs very soul-stirring um and the 2020 version we think is a a faster smarter and even more stunning in design than its predecessor which by the way was the original karma rivero and that also earned green car journals 2018 luxury green car of the year so we're, we're very very proud that we're keeping this award in the rivero family so to speak on a roll on a roll uh, do you think yeah. customers are buying these cars for uh, the environmental impact that they have the less no. environmental impact or are they buying them for their performance no i think they're buying them for their performance for their style uh so they can make a statement right i i think the days of of worrying about uh what's coming out of your tailpipe from purely from an environmental perspective, you know, are gone. I think that was what the EV1 was all about. I think that's what, you know, initially the Volt was all about. But now people are, are, are getting into these kinds of vehicles really to make a statement and to be, uh, you know, to have the coolest thing, right? Um, you're, you're buying the, the latest, and when you put it in your driveway, uh, you want people to, to, to notice you. It's I, from, from my perspective, it's about the, the, the performance of driving an electric car. There's nothing like it. You step on that accelerator, instant torque throws your head back. Um, it's nice not to go to a gas station uh, every, you know, every other day, but I think it's all about styling, and it's all about performance, and it's about you know, being noticed. I think that's initially a lot of the uh, small, very less expensive green cars, electric cars, were uh, trying to make an environmental impact and to sort of teach people to be environmentally but when 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 a lot of race car drivers and a lot of reviewers get into a uh, performance electric cars for the first time they're like wait a second let's forget the environmental impact this is a lot of fun to drive and that the, the one biggest difference that i notice with electric cars is the instantaneous result of putting your foot on the accelerator yeah, I mean, I remember my first electric car, and you know, you know, people in their you know souped-up tuners would pull up to me and rev their engines and point and kind of laugh, right? And then I would step on that accelerator, and I would leave them in a cloud of well, I guess nothing, right? Because coming out of the tailpipe. But it, that, that instant torque is just wonderful, and it's uh, you know, Jen, I mean, you're you're a performance-oriented person. Uh, there is nothing like driving an electric car. Well, I'm building my Karma uh, Rivera GT right now online. Yes, okay. and I finished. Oh, I finished it. So it's beautiful. I would love to have this. <laughs> All right, I'm sure Dave knows a guy or two that he could hook you up with to get a good deal. I picked that. Bodega yeah, Bay yeah, Blue. Karma Car- Seattle and Bellevue, yeah. Do you, do you, uh, what, do, what color did you choose, Jen? I think it's Bodega Bay Blue. Bodega Bay Blue. Oh, All right. Very yeah. cool. Very cool. What's your most popular color in the Karmas? It's either Napa Red 
or Bodega Bay Blue. There you go. (laughs) Just like everyone else who's popular, Jen, you picked uh, one of the popular colors. It's beautiful. (laughs) uh, These vehicles used to be extremely expensive uh, to to drive kind of a performance electric vehicle, but the price is coming down, isn't it, Dave? Well, I mean, for for other brands, yes, but but Karma is a, a luxury, low volume, uh, brand. So our, our, you know, we're not looking to get into the mass market. We are, if anything, our prices are going to go up because we are really, I mean, these cars are hand-built. They're handcrafted, all done. Uh, uh, for if People order these things individually for their own taste. Uh, the 2020 GT goes for 135 and the MSRP of its performance-oriented uh, cousin, the GTS, is 149950 uh, but we're, we are a brand that really deals with uh, luxury performance. Our dealers often also carry Aston Martins, Bentleys, and other brands. So um, from, from a Karma perspective, uh, it, 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 it's, it's for the discerning luxury customer. However, other brands uh, are looking to get into the mass market. Those prices are certainly coming down for sure. I don't know. I will tell you right now that when I measure the, the Karmas against uh, some of the gas versions of similar cars, I think I think $150,000 is fairly reasonable. I mean, it doesn't take me much to get a car up to $200,000 when I'm fantasy building, as I like to call it online. But I wasn't fantasy building, and I'm at like Wait, one, you're going to buy it? 150 <laughs> Wow. <laughs> If, if anything, your interview today, Dave, may have got you a new customer. Yeah. Congratulations <laughs> on winning the award. Uh, Well-deserved, the uh, 2020 Luxury Green Car of the Year Award, the Rivera GT from Karma. Dave Barton is on the phone. Coming up, we'll talk about a way to finance and buy your car all from your cell phone. That's on Our Auto Expert. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Catch up with previous episodes of the show at Our Auto Expert, ourautoexpert.com. You can hear all the past shows, see our automotive videos, and read insider car stories at your, about your next ride. You'll find it all at ourautoexpert.com. Um, Jen. Yes. When you buy a new vehicle, mm-hmm. how do you pay for it? Cash, of course. No, of course. I finance I got it. I some money. Yeah, no. She shows up at the dealer with a black plastic bag full of dollar bills, <laughs> empties it out onto the desk and says, give me that new Chevy truck. No, I actually finance it. Okay. How, and how would you do that? Me personally or yeah, for everybody no, you, else? You personally. Well, I would go through my either my credit union or my bank. Right. Mm-hmm. You know when you apply for an auto loan? that it usually does a hard pull on your credit. Yes. It dings your credit. Yes, it does. You know you can apply for an auto loan or you can get pre-qualified without getting a ding on your credit. Well, that would be cool. You know how to do that? Yes. Should I tell you? Yeah. It's something called Auto Navigator. Really? (laughs) Auto Navigator is uh, is something from Capital One. And before we go any further, I have to uh, throw in a disclaimer here. I am an ambassador for Capital One, so I know about this product. Very Good. Much. So that means I, I could actually trust you with the information. Well, actually, trust <laughs> me with all the information, not just this information, Jen. <laughs> not just on this one occasion that we're here. Okay. Me. Um, I was in Washington D.C. at the D.C. Auto Show last week doing some uh, live TV stuff. One of my about favorite this. cities. It, yes, because your son is there. Yes, I is love that, that city. No, it's a beautiful city. It is a beautiful mm-hmm. city. Very clean, I noticed. Mm-hmm. Very similar to a Japanese city. It almost looks like someone street sweeps the, the whole city every night. 
Mm-hmm. I guess if it was covered in garbage, it wouldn't be so much. The nation's capital would be a bit shameful. It depends upon when you're there. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> All right, then. Certain times of year. Yeah. Um, Auto Navigator is uh, something from Capital One, and it's kind of cool. What it does is put the power in your pocket and allow you to make all the decisions about financing. So the uh, Auto Navigator, you just go to CapitalOne.com slash cars. Okay, I'm there. You, you can do two things. Uh-huh. You can search for a vehicle. They have uh, huge amounts of vehicle. They have uh, almost 4,000 dealers and nearly 12,000 cars. Uh, is that right? No, it's more than that. Now, nearly 12 million cars. Uh, no, 3 million cars. There, I knew I'd get it right eventually. I'm only an ambassador for Capital One. Stand by. Um, so we, we uh, have, I've been promoting this to go out and help people finance their car without doing a hard pull on your credit. So what you can do is get pre-qualified That's for the your green car. button. Yeah, the green button. The green button. And then you can search for the vehicle. And in one place, you can go actually print out the two pieces of paper and then take them to the dealer. He signs off and you drive away in your new car. You can actually spend your time not stressing about buying a new car, reduce the stress, get pre-qualified and find the car you want all in one place. The reason I think this is super cool is when you go to pre-qualify, you can – and I just did it this morning uh, again. I went in there and pre-qualified. Uh, just to see if the system still worked the way I thought it should work. You get to change things when you ta- you know you look for a car. You can change the the amount of time that you get uh, your loan for. You can change all those boxes. And sometimes this little guy disappears behind the screen in the dealership and comes back and tells you, yeah, I've got your payments down to you know under six hundred dollars a month or whatever. With this, you can actually decide what your monthly payments are. You can decide how much money you borrow. You can decide what your trade-in is worth. You And it'll tell you what your trade-in is worth. It'll give you advice on that. You can go in and do all that stuff. The cool thing about it is you get to manipulate all of those things, and yet it doesn't do a hard pull on your credit. And I That's like that because cool. it takes the stress of buying it. I, a lot of people, the biggest complaint they have when buying a vehicle is how stressful it actually is for them. It is. It's very stressful. It's a real problem, and uh, so and the dealers love it too. At the same time, because the dealer, get, you get you walk in there and you're ready to go, and they want you to they want to be a friend of yours. They want you to be a customer that comes back time and time again and gets any of your servicing done at the dealership and always is there for advice. Your accessories they can supply you with. They want you to be a, a good friend to the dealership and they want to be a good friend to you, so they want you to come back. So when you walk in the door with the car you want to buy and the financing already pre qualified. Uh, are you are you now Jen's lost in the computer now. Are I'm you sorry. Building, are you financing a car? Um. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's do I feel see. like the karma might be off of the plate, and you might be buying something else before the end well, of the show? I'm looking at a Maserati right now. <laughs> of course you are. <laughs> of course, because that's a truck. Yeah, and um, you can't have not have a truck, Jen, because you wouldn't be truck girl, Jen. Then you'd be Maserati, Jen. I, I could have multiple multiple vehicles. Um, no, and then I'm looking at the Bentleys. Jen, what? <laughs> you're supposed to be getting a res- getting serious about buying a vehicle. I am. You're serious about buying a Bentley. Why not? Uh, uh, well, this is a turn up <laughs> for the book. Clearly, I'm paying you way too much to be here. Uh, I'm looking at the used ones, not the new ones. Okay. I will tell you, too, something that's interesting uh, about buying a new vehicle. Often you see these generic uh, advertised uh, Mm -hmm. interest rates. You know, get an interest rate as low as 6%. 
or whatever. And then you go in there and they go, yeah, you, you, I'm sorry, you don't qualify for that. You qualify for 12% or whatever. The cool thing about this is it tells you the true interest rate that you actually qualify for. And I was going through it today and I was like, oh, I qualify for 3.96%, which is, you know. Uh, so you must have a high credit rating. Is that what you're saying? Uh, I don't know if I 3. do. 3.9, that's pretty I should, good. I should probably know that, being an ambassador for Capital One, what credit rating is. <laughs> I, sh I guess I need to go to... to no, I think you should research everything before you even go to the dealership. You should get your pre-qualification. Well, we, but wait, check we, your use, insurance. we use our online to do everything. Now you can do it in one place. Now you can find right. it, and now you can pre-qualify and find the vehicle in one place. You don't ding your credit. You get a real pull on your credit. You can actually do it and do it properly. The biggest problem I find is, uh, you know, you've, you've heard of like the Facebook, read down the Facebook rabbit hole, or you've heard about going down the rabbit hole when you're online. This is exactly what you're doing right now. You ta you're talking about like when you start watching YouTube for how to fix something, and by the time you're done, it's 3 a.m. and yes. you're watching something completely off the wall. This is what happens with Auto yeah. Navigator. Exactly. So you go in there to finance your vehicle, and before you know it, you're searching through, oh, wait, I could, I could, oh, that's a nice car. Mm -hmm. I'm ticking like, oh, what do I want car? What cars do I want? Oh, that's nice. What were you looking? You were looking at Bentleys? I was. Let me look at Bentleys here. There's three of them. Is there? There's three of them, yeah. Oh, wait. It, um, Unfortunately, um, let's see. There's not any Aston Martins for sale. What? Within 25 miles of us, uh, so have we'll to expand that. it. Yeah. Uh, see, once you start searching car inventory, it's over. You're done. Found it. What? You found your Bentley? No, my Aston Martin. Oh, you did. 2010 DBS. Okay. It's in Seattle. Want to take it? a drive? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, tell me about it. Uh, what do you want to know? It's used. It's got uh, 13,000 miles on it. Uh-huh. It's got heated that, seats. That's nothing, 13,000 miles. I know. It's got heated seats. Oh, I should hope so. It's an Aston Martin. Um, Tan uh, interior. How much is it? Come on, tell me. Mm, we're going to have to negotiate. Oh, wait, how much is it? 96. Oh, all right. It's not too bad. We're just building a Karma GT Rivero for 150 and this is a convertible oh, yeah. it's black. i just saved you fifty thousand dollars in this segment and it's got the 12 cylinder I engine i just saved you yeah. fifty thousand dollars yeah because i told you to go to capital one.com cars and it's a convertible Aston uh, jen <laughs> i just saved you fifty thousand dollars and you're getting a convertible <laughs> have you tried financing now no come on then pull it out no find out what your prequel is no. is that too close to home Huh? Is that too close to home? Like now, if you fill the financing out, are you like, oh, well, maybe I could. I I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't want to know quite yet. <clears throat> yeah, We're on. just shopping right now. You could do it, Jen. Yeah, you're a bad influence. I know. It's my job to be a bad influence for America. 13 speakers for all <laughs> just yeah. I feel a little <laughs> bit like, do you think you should be a bit more serious and buy a truck? I already have two. All right, but you, you have two trucks that kind of work. No, they work. They ish, work. Ish. Sometimes the brake lights and the tail lights don't work. It, they're, uh, yeah, but I, if I, no, I'm going to go. <laughs> yeah, but no. I'm going yeah, but no. I'm going supercar next. I've done oh, yeah? the mommy car. I've done the truck car. I've got the Camaro that I want to restore. We will have a huge announcement coming next week. We will. The, the show will be done with myself as every week. But Just join, by yourself. Join, joining us on next week's show <laughs> will be Supercar Jen. <laughs> She'll be joining us because apparently she's buying a Bentley through no. CapitalOne.com slash cars, which is their auto navigator system. Oh, Aston Martin. Sorry. Yeah. All right, Jen. Enjoy your Aston Martin. Yeah.
Coming up, more Our Auto Experts. It's all here. You're listening to the Our Auto Expert Podcast. Our Auto Experts on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can start a conversation with us. You can find out what is going on in the car world by reading some of our posts and also direct messages for questions. It's also uh, the place where about 200,000 people uh, catch up with their automotive news daily. Oh, altogether, we have around 2 million people that use our auto expert to get all of their information daily daily across radio, television, and uh, social media. So join the foe and the friends, the foreau and the friends at ourorderexpert.com. Joining us on the phone is the gentleman that is far more intelligent than all of us put together here at this radio station, uh, Anton Woolman. He's an independent investor and analyst, and uh, there is plenty of stuff going on this week. So, Anton, uh, I am driving the Jeep Wrangler diesel as my loaner car this week from Jeep, and it it is the first Wrangler to qualify for a special kind of tax break, isn't it? Yeah, so there's something called the Section 179 of the IRS that uh, long was used to be called the Hummer loophole uh, that gave the ability of a small business to accelerate the, the depreciation of a said vehicle in such a manner so as to make it very tax efficient for a small business owner to buy these vehicles, for example, in December, what you pretty much know what your income is going to be. And if you were going to buy a new vehicle anyway, anytime soon, you could then lower your tax liability very significantly by buying an eligible vehicle. Now, the rules changed over the years, but basically they amount to the following, that if you have a vehicle with a gross vehicle weight of 6,000 pounds and the vehicle in question has a bed, in other words, it's a pickup, but the bed has to be at least six feet long. Then you can deduct the entire purchase price on the first year in terms of full depreciation. You can basically fully depreciate this vehicle on the first year. You can buy a decked out $100,000 pickup truck and deduct the whole thing. Now, if the vehicle in question is only 6,000 pounds, but does not have a six-foot bed or have basically no bed at all so that it's an SUV, then you would be limited to $25,000. Now, in the question, in the case of the Jeep Wrangler, it never qualified for any of this because, of course, the Jeep Wrangler uh, doesn't have a bed at all. And secondly, uh, the gross vehicle weight of uh, a Jeep Wrangler never reached 6,000 pounds in the past. But with the advent of the diesel version of the Jeep Wrangler in specifically and only the um, the Rubicon trim, which adds some extra weight with some bigger wheels and some uh, more skid plates under the belly and so forth, it just barely tips the scales of 6,000 pounds. So at this point in time, if you order your Wrangler with the diesel engine and with the Rubicon trim, then you can deduct $25,000 in accelerated depreciation during the first year 
in which this car is uh, being put into service. I like that idea, uh, the fact that it's, you're able to do that. I know that uh, the G-Wagon from Mercedes does the same thing. It reaches that, and one of the uh, the things that G-Wagon owners have been doing is they're business owners who are buying it, and, and Mercedes tell me that the fact that the vehicle sells so rapidly, especially the AMG versions, is partially due to because of the weight of the vehicle and because it qualifies for some of these uh, tax breaks. That is correct. That is indeed a partial explanation for its uh, sales numbers. We also know, of course, that uh, the biggest obstacle that a G-Wagon ever traverses in the U.S. market is typically the curb outside of Neiman Marcus in Newport Beach, California, where I think 40% of all G-Wagons are sold per personal law knowledge and inspection. So, uh, But now this, this particular version of the Jeep Wrangler does put it on footing, on equal footing with uh, the Mercedes G-Wagon. So hurrah for the uh, boys in the mid-west uh, there who now manufacture a, uh, an eligible vehicle of that kind. There, there is quite a lot of tax laws around buying a vehicle for your company. You can get quite a lot of it written off uh, if, you, if you buy a vehicle under your company name, right? Yeah, I mean, the really the trick is if you, you want to go for the absolute maximum, uh, at least for the 2019 uh, IRS uh, filing year, which uh, you have to do here by April 15, uh, the biggest uh, win would be if you're buying a uh, pickup truck uh, with a uh, bed that's over six feet long, right. uh, then you can deduct the whole thing. So that that's where you get the big bonanza. And in fact, the total limit of it uh, was at least for the 2019 year, $1.15 million. So you could literally buy 23 of them. If the price was, if the transaction price was $50,000, you could buy a grand total of 23 of them wow. and uh, and wow. get away with deducting it all. You just have to own it for 24 months before you can resell it. So don't start thinking about any uh, any, anything special, uh, uh, okay. special uh, reselling closet there. More Anton coming up. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Are you thinking about changing your car? Read some of the most informative car reports. You can see the videos and find out about the newest tech by this car. You can see it all uh, downloaded at Our Auto Expert, plus the nation's number one car radio show at OurAutoExpert.com. On the phone with us, Anton Walmart, independent analyst and investor. Read much of his stuff at uh, Seeking Alpha or The Street. Anton, uh, General Motors getting into the robo-taxi business. Yeah, so they showed uh, what we might call a concept, but they are going to manufacture this vehicle starting in a little over two years from now at their uh, plant in Detroit. And uh, this is essentially one of those, I guess we could call them a pod. It's basically, it doesn't have a traditional driver's seat. There's no steering wheel. There are no pedals. It's it's sort of a... a, um, almost like a collective transport uh, mini subway car. There are four people sitting in this vehicle, two persons facing the other two persons, and it's got a kind of a minivan type of very square uh, uh, profile to it where it's very easy to get in and out of it. So the idea here is that this will be a truly driverless vehicle that will be uh, deployed as supposedly first in San Francisco and then spreading out to other cities over time. And that will uh, completely independently pick people up and uh, drop them off. So that is the um, 
that is the idea here. And uh, uh, whether it will work or not from a technical standpoint is is one issue. The other issue is, of course, whether this at all will be a an attractive piece of a transport for uh, for the intended customers thereof. You know, it sounds a little bit like a gondola from a from a ski lift almost in the way it works. Is there still an appetite for these kind of vehicles? A lot of car companies, uh, even Aishin, the guys that made the transmissions for uh, for Toyota, the everybody seems to be coming up with this sort of kind of uh, robo gondola that go that drives autonomously. Uh, in, in the inner cities, I can see it working. I'm not sure it would work very well for anybody outside of an inner city. No, I mean, let, let's let's postulate for a moment that, A, it works technically from a standpoint that this thing will actually drive you safely from point A to point B. And let's just uh, stick to the city type of example that you just gave. Uh, the issue here is, and it's funny you bring up a Japanese company in the context, the, the, the idea here is to deploy it in America's dirtiest and nastiest cities. Basically, this thing is not going to be deployed in a place like Monaco or Tokyo or in places where people are generally clean and considerate. Uh, you know, think about the, just, you know, two words, San Francisco, you know, probably the dirtiest city in America right now where people uh, do all sorts of things on the street that, you know, farm animals used to do when we had horses walking the streets. And they, uh, they also, you know, have needles and drugs and they rob each other, uh, you know, frequently. So the problem of deploying a vehicle like this in that type of an environment is really how it will fit in with the way that people in these types of cities treat anything that is not strictly guarded. Look at any park bench in California. Look at any, you know, frankly, any sidewalk. And if they can get their hands on one of these vehicles or force themselves into them or enter them when a legitimate passenger is on his way to get in or out, you can just imagine the mayhem. So I have a very bearish view on the outlook of whether this is going to be a um, uh, a popular form of transport or not, because the hurdles that you have to overcome from a cleanliness standpoint are quite uh, tremendous. I mean, presumably the GM uh, guys who are laying this out on a sheet of paper already know this. I mean, they've thought about this. Well, I, I honestly, I doubt it. I really don't think they have. <laughs> I, I think that's the simple explanation here. I think that they are conceiving this in a cartoonish Jetsons type of state of mind in which every, everybody is nice, everybody is friendly and courteous and respect another person's privacy and property and that everybody's going to do the right thing. Uh, you know, just walking down the street in uh, uh, some vast swaths of San Francisco these days, I am questioning that assumption, but why GM is still pushing forward with this, I think you have to understand that there is an inherent bureaucratic self-interest in trying to make this happen. You may realize that the entity in GM that is pushing for this is this uh, entity called Cruise Automation. This is a semi-independent entity in which GM has a majority interest, but they now have gathered more recently a variety of independent investors like SoftBank and I forget who else it is who has invested money in this. I think Honda may have an interest. And the person who is in charge of this entity clearly has an incentive to show progress and show that we're going to do this somehow. So they're showing these as a vision of where this um, type of product is going to go over time. And I think that right now they're really just praying and hoping that it's somehow going to work out. But I, I don't think they've thought through the really the difficult use cases that uh, you have to encounter when you're putting this 
into an environment in which uh, people really are not particularly nice and clean people. Right. Okay. I mean, there's there's a lot of interesting stuff there. Let's uh, plow through some of the other topics that we have to talk about on today's show. Uh, it looks like uh, 99.67% of sales decline in the Netherlands and 88% in Norway and Spain for the Tesla Model 3 uh, in January compared to December. Yeah, we're uh, almost at the near uh, of January now. We can pretty much see where the sales numbers, because those are a few of the countries that report daily registration numbers in the European countries. And what happened at the end of 2019 was that the tax law in the Netherlands was going to change so that basically the favorability of uh, registering an electric car was vastly better if you did it in 2019 than doing it in 2020. So therefore, uh, near the end of 2019, uh, they registered an enormous number of uh, Tesla Model 3 cars in the Netherlands. There were over 12,000 of them in the month of December alone. And what we're seeing is that in January, they might register about 40 of them. So from over 12,000 to about 40, that's a decrease by well over 99%. So uh, Tesla had a lot of good sales into some of these geographies near the end of 2019, but they're going to drop off very materially here in the beginning of uh, 2020. Uh, Volvo started taking orders on Thursday for its first all-electric car, the XC40 BEV vehicle. Is this going to be Volvo's savior? I think that uh, a lot of customers in Europe in particular who have been very loyal Volvo customers, and of course the XC40 in general, has been a tremendous success in part because of its very beautiful and differentiated design. A lot of these people who are going to get the tax benefits of owning a pure electric vehicle have been looking forward to this one a lot, and I think that they are racking up thousands of orders, thousands of firm orders of this vehicle now as we speak, and deliveries will begin, and I believe they had said something along the lines of uh, that they would be beginning during the third quarter, so we're still about six months away from deliveries, but I think that this car will sell very well in Europe in particular, and it may turn out to be that it will sell so well that the introduction of this vehicle, which, by the way, will be made in Belgium, uh, may not see these uh, sides of the Atlantic until well into 2021. So they haven't said precisely, but uh, uh, I suspect that they will allocate every single unit that they can sell into Europe first before uh, sending it over to the United States. Volvo, one of the first car companies, actually, to to make the uh, choice to try and electrify their entire lineup. Has it still looked like they're on track for electrifying their entire lineup and uh, at least having one offering in the electric uh, for every model they have? Yeah, so their definition of electrification, which was very shrewdly done to fool the mainstream media, is basically this, that every single new uh, vehicle line that they would introduce starting in 2019 uh, would have some form of electrification uh, of some sort. That could even mean a mild hybrid, which most people don't consider to be particularly electric at all. It doesn't have a plug. So you mind you that the bar for this is pretty low. All that said, uh, given the new mandates and incentives uh, for electric cars that have uh, really been, been added to the political equation since they made that statement the first time in the summer of 2017, have also really increased the demand for electric cars since that time. So as it turns out, uh, because of these newfound incentives, uh, clearly Volvo is certainly on target to sell a very material portion 
of their vehicle lineup, not just as a mild hybrid or a not-so-mild hybrid, but definitely as a plug-in hybrid or as a uh, pure battery electric vehicle. And this will be one of the first two cars from Volvo to hit the market with us. The other one, of course, being its sister vehicle under the Polestar uh, nameplate, which is called the Polestar 2, and which uh, should be hitting the market uh, roughly at the same time. But the Polestar will be built in China, whereas the Volvo-branded vehicle will be built in uh, Belgium. There is a huge influx of electric cars in Europe uh, that we are not going to probably see in the United States, including Peugeot, Citroën, DS, Opel, Seat, Skoda. The the market must be very small uh, benefits for each of these companies with so many new electric vehicles coming out in Europe. Yeah, so in the European market, there's a huge change that takes place here on January 1st that all of these uh, somewhat obscure and exotic electric cars that are in most cases very inexpensive, uh, but that will be needed by the manufacturers to meet the quotas in Europe, uh, really started selling on January 1st because the regulatory value of delivering them in 2020 as opposed to 2019 went from being near zero last year these things being worth the 20,000 euros or $22,000 in regulatory benefit by delivering them on this side of the calendar year. So whether it's the Opel Corsa or the Seat M2 or the uh, Skoda Citigo or a Citroen model or a Peugeot model or a DS model, uh, they jumped straight out of the gate here the first week of January. And all of these vehicles are somewhere near the top of the sales charts in Europe so far. And we don't really know where the year is going to go with even more of these vehicles coming online later in the year, but such as the Fiat 500 and uh, and uh, uh, Mini uh, Cooper and so forth that are also starting deliveries here imminently. Uh, but uh, the advent of these vehicles here in the European market in early 2020 is really shaking up the sales charts. And if you're an incumbent seller of electric vehicles that have had a semi-monopoly on the incentive to sell these things so far, and I'm looking at you, Tesla, uh, you're up for uh, facing a whole lot of new competition that simply wasn't there before January 1st. So Mercedes EQC, um, it's you know been put back for sale in the U.S., but in Europe, uh, it looks like uh, it's already beating Tesla sales. Yeah, so what's happened is, and those things are not uh, a coincidence, the reason why Mercedes postponed the onset of sell, selling the Mercedes EQC from first quarter of 2020 to first quarter of 2021 is because their order book is absolutely 100% full just from demand in the European market. And from the first 24 days of sales registrations in Europe that we can see here uh, from just punching up the European numbers, it is actually outselling the uh, Tesla Model S and the Tesla Model X in a majority of the countries in Europe so far. So uh, basically it's it's off to a pretty good start here. Uh, we'll see how it goes as the, as the uh, year, the quarter and the year progresses, but it is clear that uh, there's a pent up demand for this and that they will uh, most likely sell every single unit they can make this year just in Europe alone, which is uh, why we're not getting it in the U.S. until earliest quarter one of next year. Excellent. Anton Wallman, he's an independent analyst and investor. He joins us every week on our Auto Expert to give us a perspective on electric cars and autonomous cars, along with the business side of Europe versus the United States. And you can uh, also listen to this show, as you can any of our other shows, at ourautoexpert.com. You can download the podcast. You can see our videos, our full-length TV shows, and our videos online from TV 
morning shows. And you can also read the articles about the latest shows. If you want to communicate with us, social media is the way to do it 24-7 by sending us direct messages or by posting and hashtagging our auto expert. We'll see you again next week. You've been listening to Our Auto Expert with Nick Miles. Find all the show episodes at ourautoexpert.com. Please follow us on all social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Our Auto Expert. And message us for a quick and witty response.